Thank you for listening to the Reclaim Church podcast. We hope that this message is a blessing to your life. For more information on our church, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at ReclaimTX. Now please enjoy the message. Joshua chapter 1, verse 1 through 9, and, and I, want, I want to let you guys in a little bit something. I, I've always preached out of an iPad since the iPads came out. I used to preach out of, on paper, and I lost all my notes. I don't even know my old sermons, which is probably good. <laughs> They're probably not that great. Um, but I, I really, over the last few weeks, the Lord's been kind of speaking to me. I, I, I never used my Bible preaching. I always would copy and paste it onto my iPad. It's easier. But I want us to be a church also that values the word of God and that values the scripture. And so that's one of the reasons I'm starting to, I want to use my Bible, my actual Bible at church. Because I, I, want, I want us to realize, man, this, this scripture is, is, a, is a foundation to your life. And it's something that you should read daily. You should read it daily. You should hear what the Lord is speaking to you. A lot of times we're like, God, God, give me a word. God, give me a word. And he's like giving you a bunch of words in the Bible. You just got to open it so that you can see what he's saying. But it's in the book of Joshua chapter 1. Verse 1 through 9, it's, it says, After the death of Moses, a servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' his assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness in this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, the great sea towards the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give to them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to, to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it, from the right hand to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you're with us, God. We thank you that you give us courage and strength, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you challenge us and you, you, you push us to new heights, God, and, and to new levels. So, Father, I pray today, God, that you would speak to our heart, God, about what it is that you want, whatever it is that we need to change or whatever you want to speak to us, Lord. Father, let nothing distract us. Let nothing come in the way of what you want to do. But, Lord, let your word be established in our heart, God. This is your church. We're your people, God. And I pray you would say what you want to say. Lord, let me step out of the way so your Holy Spirit can speak. In Jesus' name. Amen. So this, this very encouraging scripture, I'm with you wherever you go, right? How many of us quote that in our daily life, right? And we think about that. I'm with you wherever you go. Be strong and courageous. I'm with you wherever you go. But there's the crazy thing about this scripture, and sometimes we forget it, it's that God is with us, but he's often putting us in challenging, in challenging positions. Or he's, he's, he's pushing us to, to, to conquer new territory. And there's challenges of life that, that come against us. There's challenges just of daily life, our jobs. Our bills, our family, right? Sometimes our family could be a challenge, right? Just me. Okay, well, it's maybe because my kids are small. I don't know. But they challenge me sometimes, you know? Um, anyway, I can't, I'm not going to talk too much about that because it will change the sermon. But we get challenges of life. But sometimes we get challenges from the enemy, right? Temptation. 
You know, go do what you used to do. Go hang out where you used to hang out. Go do, you, you get what I'm saying, those challenges of temptation. But oftentimes there are also challenges from God. Because God is, is a kind of God who, who loves you where you are, but sees where you can be. And so what he'll do is he'll challenge us as his followers to go from where we are now to where we're supposed to be. But where we're supposed to be is scary. Where we're supposed to be is uncomfortable. Where we're supposed to be doesn't really make sense to us because we know who we are. We've talked about this before. He puts us in, in uncertain places. Right? Places that don't like, are you sure, God? Are you sure I'm supposed to do this? Are you sure I'm supposed to go there? Are you sure I'm supposed to give that? Are you sure I'm supposed to say that? Are you sure it's, it's uncertain? But in every uncertainty or in every unknown area of life, we have an anchor in our life who is God. We can rely on that foundation of Jesus. In Hebrews 6.19 it says, This hope we have is an anchor of the soul both sure and steadfast, which enters the presence behind the veil. The hope is found in Jesus. He's the anchor to our soul. So we, here we are in the story, the story of Joshua, and, and he's following his leader Moses, and now he, he's called to lead the people. Now, imagine Joshua, after seeing all the miracles that Moses performed, after seeing Moses, you know, put his staff down in the Red Sea, splits in, in two, and they walk on dry land after, after Moses goes and he challenges Pharaoh and the, and the children of Israel set free because of all the plagues and all the things that God is doing. Imagine he's following Moses as his leader who, who was following the cloud and the fire and the voice of the Lord, and now, and now Moses is dead and Joshua is put in this situation where he has to be the leader of this people, and it's not just any kind of people. People, but they're a stubborn group. They're a group of compromisers. They're a group of people who say they want one thing but want another. So, so really what's happening is Joshua was put in a place that's unknown or it's uncertain or it's challenging. It's not just physically to lead the people, but imagine emotionally and spiritually and mentally how much it took for Joshua to become the leader of these people. See, the unknown is, is uncertain. But God will often put us in places that are uncertain. He'll put us in places that are unknown. And when we get into these places, the truth is there's pressure. There's pressure in the unknown. Now, when, when my wife and I, so we, we, we were um, in, the, in our old church back in Paramount, California, and we were uh, youth, youth leaders first. We're not the youth leaders, but we were like in the youth ministry helping those crazy kids. I was like, Lord, my heart is not for the youth ministry, God. Like, you got to move me. It's just not in me. I love youth, but I, I can't see them all that, that long because maybe, I don't know, I, I think God has changed me. He's working on me. Is that all right? It's maybe that's why we don't have youth ministry yet. God's like, I got to change you first. It'll, it'll happen. But I remember we, we were in the youth. We did the youth ministry, and then we, we got married, and we, we began to be uh, leaders of the young adult ministry. And that, that's something that we kind of went in, and it was unknown. It was uncertain. And then and they're like, hey, we want you to be young adult pastors in the church. And so that was a big deal because um, we were very young, and, and we're pastors in this church that, that's pretty big and, and pretty successful. And it's like, man, okay, I'm not really sure how, how we fit into this whole thing, but we're going to do our best. And now we're here in, this, in the city of good, good old Hutto, Texas, right, in the middle of the farmland right here in a warehouse, and, and, uh, and God has called us to be pastors, and the truth is that there's pressures, there's pressures in, these, in, these uncertain, in this uncertain or unknown territory, because when we, when we became pastors, even today, we don't know everything. 
If you want a pastor who knows everything, find another church. Because we don't know everything. There's pressure to be something that we may not be called to be. Now, God has called us with a vision. He's called us to do something with this church. And he's called you, but, but there's pressure. And sometimes we put unnecessary pressure on ourselves, saying, well, I have to be perfect to be used by God. Right? Well, when I get this right, and I get this right, and I get this right, then maybe God can use me. We put on this pressure. Or, or, or sometimes we're like, well, my marriage needs to be fixed first. Or my, my family needs to be restored first. And then God can use me. But there's pressure on ourselves. God knows how messed up we are, and he's called us anyway. He knows that about us. He knows that there's things that need to be fixed, but he's called us anyway. You know, when we, we get called into ministry, there's pressure to look a certain way. Right? Like, like I see all these big pastors everywhere. I'm like, I can't, even, I can't afford what you are wearing. Like, I can't do that, nor, nor would I want to if I could. But there's pressure to look a certain way. You think about the way our church looks. There's pressure while well, you haven't done this yet, you haven't set that up, you haven't, no, 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 we don't, we're, don't put pressure on yourself that God's not placing on you. Don't say you have to be one thing when God has called you to be who you are. Now, we need change, and we need help, and we need growth, and we need maturity, yeah, that's all true, but God has called you to be you. He hasn't called you to be me, or he hasn't called you to be him, or, or however it looks like, God has called you to be you, so don't allow the pressure of yourself to push you away from the calling of God because you don't think you're ready or you don't think you're good enough. God has called you, but there's pressure in this uncertainty. There's pressure in the unknown. There's pressure to compare ourselves to other churches and other ministries, right? You know, often I'm looking at Instagram, I'm like, oh, my God, they just opened and they have like 500 people. I'm like, are they paying these people to go to their church? There's pressure. There's pressure. There's pressure to look like somebody else. There's pressure to compare yourself to somebody. Well, my marriage is not as good as theirs, or my kids are not as good as theirs, or my job is not as good as theirs, or I don't make as much money as they do, or I don't have the same car that they do. I don't have the same personality or the same talents, or you, you get where I'm coming from, right? So we look to others, and we compare ourselves to them, but God has not called you to do what they do. God's not called, if you, if you feel like, man, my personality is not good enough, your personality is exactly how God created you. Some people can't handle a personality like mine. That's just the truth. Like, man, that guy's annoying, and I know it, and I'm fine with it. I'm like, okay, listen, if I bother you, I know somebody in my church you might really like. <laughs> but I understand that, that some, some personalities are different, but that's okay. We don't want to all be the same. God's called you, the Bible says that, that the, the church is like the body. Right? Every member is different, but everyone is just as important. So just because you don't look or sound or act like one person, that doesn't mean that God hasn't called you to be you. But there's pressure, there's pressure to compare, but there's pressures from the world to, to say what's acceptable in society. Listen, I'm not going to be a pastor that's afraid of the world. I'm going to say what's right and what's wrong according to the scriptures and the word of God. But we put pressure on ourselves. To, if the world is saying, well, this is okay, then we're like, well... You know, if they, you know, I don't want to offend anybody, and, and, and i got to say what's right, because if I don't say what's right, then they won't come to church. Well, what do you think is going to happen when they walk into your church? They're going to be like, man, you were telling me one thing, and this guy's saying something else. But there's pressure to try to be like the world or try to do what's acceptable. I'm not trying to be accepted by the world. I'm trying to be accepted by God. It's at the end of my life, the world's not going to sit with me and say, hey, well done, my good and faithful servant. No, that's not the one. It's God. I'm not worried about what the world says, and neither should you. You shouldn't be worried about what society says about what you do. 
if it's according to scripture and it's Holy Spirit led, then who cares what society says? Society's not going to tell me how to raise my kids. Society's not going to tell me that I'm going to tell them that one thing is wrong or right when it's not. That's from the scripture. I get our convictions and our, and our, 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 our principles from scripture, not from the world. If it was from the world, it would be so fluid and you wouldn't even make sense sometimes because everybody's, everybody's way is right. Like I heard that the other day, right? They're saying like, well, nobody's right or wrong. Like, we're all just different. It's like, no, there is right and there is wrong. And you can't allow the pressure of the world to steer you any other way than the scripture. So pressure from the world, there's pressure in the unknown and there's these pressures that really put us in a place where like, man, I don't really know if I want to do this. I don't really know if I, if I can handle this. Like, honestly, when we came to Huddle, and even some, some days, my wife and I were like, and I say this all the time, and I'll probably say it until, I don't know. When. <laughs> but we'll look at each other and be like, uh, like, we're pastors, and, and we're here, and this is crazy, and, and I don't really know exactly what to do, but I feel like we're doing a decent job. Like, I feel like we're doing all right. People are coming. They're still coming, so it must be working. But there's this pressure, and when the pressures get to you, it can really discourage you. We've been, I've been in places in my personal life where I'm like, God, I, I can't do this. Like, I cannot do this. I don't even know if I want to do it. And it's only been a few months, and I'm like, Lord, what, what's going on? I can't do this. It's hard. It's difficult. But when you're, when you're under pressure, can I encourage you to let God encourage you? What was the one thing that pushed Joshua to accomplish this? The one thing that pushed him was the encouragement of the Lord. Him saying, I'm with you. Be strong and courageous. I'm with you. Be strong and courageous. You know, we look at Joshua and it's probably, we feel like he was this mighty warrior, which he probably was. But he was obviously afraid or the Lord wouldn't have to keep reminding him to be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous because I'm with you. Because I'm with you. Some of us need to let God encourage us. We need to let God tell us it's going to be okay. We need to let God speak to our heart and say, hey, you're right where you need to be. We need to let God be the encourager of our soul. See, the pressures in life that, we're, that, we're, that, that are meant to cause you to run from God, let them cause you to, let them push you to God. When you don't know what to do, go to God. When you feel like you're not strong enough, go to God. When you feel like you're scared or you're weak, go to God. When you feel like you're not smart enough or you're not talented enough or you're not, you're not perfect enough, go to God. Because God is the encourager of our soul. Psalms 43.5 says, why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God. Hope in God. For I shall yet praise him. The help of my countenance and my God. See, it's in the moments of weakness and discouragement and struggle where we can finally say, my hope is in the Lord. My hope is in the Lord. And I can praise him because I can hope in him. When I felt like we couldn't do it, when I felt like we, the church wouldn't ever, ever take off, when I felt like nobody would really come, you know what I did? I began to put my hope in the Lord. Lord, if you're with me, I don't care who shows up. God, if you're there, it doesn't matter how many people are here. Holy Spirit, if you come to my church, then I don't care about the numbers. I just want you. I just want you. 
And when we come to this place where God is, is our hope and God is all that we need, the pressures just kind of begin to disappear because it's like it doesn't really matter if, if they say those things, if they don't like you for following the Lord, if they don't like you for going to church, if they don't like you for your convictions that are led by the Spirit and the Word, if they don't like you, not that it doesn't matter, not that you disown them, but you have hope in God. So if they don't like me and he does, I'm good. I'm good. You get what I'm saying this morning? Amen. I'm like, I'm screaming a bunch. Like, I need some kind of something back from you guys. Like, you know, like just a little, mm, you know, that would help. Like, there we go. See, I need you to like write a bunch of things to say and hand it out. <laughs> and everybody goes in random order. Perfect. Okay, sounds good. Okay. So we have pressure in the unknown. And the way you alleviate pressure in the unknown is you go to God for your hope. There's also what we need to do is we need to prepare in the unknown. See, it says in Joshua 2.1, it says this. It says, if I can find it, it's right here. And Joshua, the son of Nun, sent two men secretly from Shittim as spies, saying, go view the land, especially Jericho. And I want to stop right there. What I love about this story is the Lord had told Joshua, the land is yours. It's already yours. Wherever you go, it belongs to you. It belongs to you. Wherever you put your foot on, you're going to conquer it. That's your territory. Ter territory. But it says here that Joshua still sent spies. Joshua, or God will give, God has given you territory. God has given you opportunity. God has called you and, and he, he has a destiny for your life, but that doesn't mean you get it for free. That was like the perfect opportunity. You say, mm-hmm, like, come on. But we're learning together. Let's go. We're learning. That God, is, it's, it's not free. You have to Prepare, even in the unknown. Prepare for what God has put in your heart. Do some work behind your desires. You get what I'm saying? God's put something in you. What are you doing with it? He's put a, a desire, he's put a, a drive, a passion in your life, but, but what are you doing with it? Are you sitting on it and waiting like we talked about last week or the week before, consumer Christianity. Are you just waiting for God like, okay, Lord, I really want to do this, but I'm afraid, so I'm going to hide it. I'm not going to touch it, and I'm going to wait for the perfect, perfect, perfect opportunity. Can I tell you something? In the kingdom of God, opportunity never, rarely seem perfect. Prepare while you can. You want to be a preacher one day. Study today. You want to be a, a leader in the church one day. Serve today. Can I just tell you something about Reclaim Church leadership? We don't hire people. We disciple people. If you want to be a leader in this church, you can't be a leader by just showing up. Your life has to be fruitful. You have to have fruit in your life. And a lot of, a lot, a lot of times, fruitfulness looks like serving. You want to be a leader one day? Start serving. You want a, you want a, you want a good marriage? It's like, God, I'm just believing for my marriage. One day it's just going to be amazing. And God's like, well, hold up, hold on. Yeah, it can be if you put some work into it. It can be amazing if you would just be a little bit nicer to your spouse. If you would just stop saying, though, you know, you know those buttons to press. Like, you know, if, you, if I say this one thing, I'm going to set them off. And I'm about to, right? It's like a nuclear bomb. Like, I'm ready to press that button. You better stop saying what you're saying because I'm going to say it, right? It's, don't make me say it. 
Like, you know what it is. And it's like, well, well I, I want my marriage to be good, but, but you keep saying things that are bad. Amen, Pastor Mike, come on. Yeah, it's good. Amen. Let's go. All right. You want to be a good, a good father and a good mother? Take care of your kids. Spend time with your kids. Bring them to church. You know, can I just say this now before we start a youth ministry? Can you please never punish your child by saying, you're not going to church on, for the youth ministry? Can I just say that's a bad punishment? Like, let's just all agree, like, you're being rebellious. You're not allowed to speak to God today. Like, let's just, let's just start that now. Like, that's a bad punishment. Like, you want to be a good father, a good mother, prepare. You want to be a good disciple, honor, be faithful. Prepare while you can. Don't wait till you arrive to start preparing. Don't wait till you get there. Don't wait till someone hands you the mic to finally start reading your Bible. Or somebody says, okay, you can lead prayer to actually start a prayer life. My goodness. Prepare while you can. See, Joshua knew where he was going and he knew that the land was already his, but he still needed to prepare. I don't know how or when God is going to place me or where God is going to take me, but I know that I'm ready because I prepare before I get there. And lastly, I want to talk about the unknown, walking in this. And so here's, here's, here's a story. As Joshua was there, and, and, and he's being called to take the, the children of Israel to the promised land. If you know the story of the Old Testament, like these, these children of Israel is like, oh, my gosh, they are so stubborn. They're so double-minded. And really what it is, it's a reflection of us. That's just the reality of it. It's a reflection of us. But here's Joshua. He's, he's preparing to take them into the promised land. The Lord has given them the, the land. It's already been given to him. And we see that in Joshua chapter 6, verse 1 through 5, it says, Now Jericho was shut up inside and outside because of the people of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand with its king and mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city. All the men of war are going around the city once. Thus shall you for six days. Seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. On the seventh day, you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. And when they make a long blast with a ram's horn, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, then all the people sh shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up, everyone straight before him. So here's Joshua ready to conquer the land. Like if I was Joshua, I'd be getting ready, right? Like, hey, God, what's the plan? Like, I'm ready. So what's the, pl you know, what's the plan, God? I'm ready to go. I'm ready to do this, right? Like, I'm just waiting for God to be like, all right, so what you can do. You're going to shoot arrows. And, like, I wish grenades were, you know, existing back then. You toss some grenades over the wall. Like, this is what you're going to do. And, like, that's, like, the plan that I would have come up with if I was Joshua, right? But here's God. Joshua's ready to take over this land. And God's like, okay, listen, Joshua, come here. I'm going to give you this plan. He's like, you're going to walk around the city. Now, if I'm Joshua, I'm like, wait a minute. That doesn't sound like it's successful. Like, God, I know you've conquered some, some, you know, some people before, but, you know, Joshua's a military man. He's like, I don't know if that's the right way to, you know, come about this. You know, when you're trying to, like, talk to somebody that you really respect and that you feel like they're wrong, and you're like, hey, man, I see where you're coming from, but... So if, I'm, if I was God, even if I was God, I, I feel like I wouldn't have ended this story like that. I feel like I would have ended it more, you know, 
epic and spectacular, but God is like, all right, Joshua, it's time to walk around the city seven times. See, oftentimes God will challenge us to do things we really don't want to do and some things that really don't make sense. But when we are obedient to God, that's when those things in our life begin to break. That's when those, those things in your life that you're hoping for, those things in your life that you're fighting for, the reason you're still fighting them is because you're not fighting them the way that God wants you to fight them. You're fighting them the way that you think you should fight them. That's why when it comes to marriage, you keep arguing your point because you feel like that's going to knock down the walls of your spouse, but that's not what's going to do it. It's going to be when you begin to love them and you begin to pray for them and you begin to respect them and you begin to treat them well. Do you understand where I'm coming from? But a lot of times we say, well, I want to do it my way. This has to happen my way. Or we're in, we're in debt and, 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 and we're, we're holding on to money. And it's like you, you, you wonder why you can't get over that debt. Well, maybe it's because you're not giving to the Lord and you're collecting and you're collecting and you're collecting. And God's like, no, that's not the way you're going to conquer this city. That's not the way the wall is going to fall. The way it's going to fall is if you're generous and you give and you give and you give. But the reason you're still in debt is because you're not doing it God's way, but you're doing it your way. You get, do you understand where we're coming from? We have to come to a place where I, we understand that even if it doesn't make sense to me, it's not what is said, it's who is saying it. Now if God tells me something and it doesn't make sense to me, I don't, I don't challenge him because it's not, it doesn't really matter what he is saying, but it's the fact that God is saying it to me. And so if God is saying it, I know that I can trust him. I know that he is with me. I know that he wouldn't lead me by myself. I know that he won't let me fail when I walk with him. I know that he won't let them conquer us because he's with us. So Joshua, he's like, I'm with you. Just walk around seven times. Man, I don't know if I would have done it that way. But, but the thing about walking with the Lord, it's, it's really just walking by faith. It's walking by faith. Now, faith is easy when it's like, oh, I can give, you want me to give 10% of my check, Lord? Oh, that's easy. But when he's saying, hey, how about 50 or 90? It's like, hold on. No way. Or faith is easy when it's like, oh, I, I can talk to somebody that I already know. Or somebody comes up to me and talks to me about the Lord. Yeah, we can have that conversation. But it's hard when he asks you to step out and go talk to somebody else. You, you, you get where I'm coming from with this. But walking with the Lord is walking in faith. I can trust him because he's brought me through before. I can trust him because I know that he's with me. There's this quote that my, my brother said, and he said it one time he was preaching. I was like, oh, Lord, help me. He said, if you're not living by faith, you're not in the will of God. And I believe that because it requires faith to step into the unknown. It requires faith to say, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? I just want to be with him. Wherever he takes me, whatever it looks like, Wherever we're going, wherever the church looks like in the next 5, 10 years, whatever my family looks like in the next 5, 10, 50 years, whatever, whatever it looks like, I just want to be with Jesus. I just want to be with God. 
And sometimes walking with God is hard because it doesn't make sense. Sometimes walking with God is not easy because it's, 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 it's challenging the way that you think about the world and the way that you think about yourself and the way you think about different people and each other. But, but can I tell you that, that God is with you if you stay close to him, if you walk in faith. In Psalms 139, 7 and 12, it says, Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me be at night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light as you. See, any place is a good place when you're with Jesus. Any place is a good place when you're with God. I'd rather have zero dollars in my bank account but be walking with Jesus than have a million. I'd rather rather be left with nothing but have Jesus because he's everything. And can I tell you, if you have not got to that point in your life and your walk with the Lord, you're missing it. I I hear this this song today. I'm not going to sing it because, like I said, you might all leave. But the song, it says, what it, I just want to be where you, I just want to, I have seen your face, now I can't walk away. Some of us, we sing, like, I, you know, I just want to be, like, it's just like, okay, what's the next song? Oh, come on, I want to get my donut. But think about that. Is that you? Like, is that your heart? That I, I've seen you, Lord. I've experienced you. And now I can't leave. Because any place is a good place when you're walking with Jesus, even in struggles, even in the unknown, even in the uncertainty, even in times that are chaotic and that don't make sense, it's all good when I'm with Jesus. That's all that matters. My prayer for the church, when I pray for you guys, I have a list of all of your names. And I say, Lord, let them just encounter you. Now you're like, man, can you pray for my finances? Like, can you pray for something else? Yeah, I can, just let me know. But my prayer is, Lord, let them see you. Because if they were to see you, God, if they were to just experience you, their whole life would change. My prayer for you is that you would, you would encounter the Lord in a deep, deep way because in unknown territory of life, you're going to have unknown territory. There's going to be times of chaos. There's going to be times of pain. There's going to be times of regret. There's going to be times of struggle. That's going to happen. That's called life. But I'd rather go through life with Jesus than by myself. That's probably my son when he's feeling it. Feels the spirit in there. So here's the outcome of this. If I can have David come up. If, if, if Jessica can step away to come play piano, I would love that. If she can't, I understand. She's with the kids. <clears throat> we just needed to get like really emotional in here. You know what I'm saying? Because we're about to close it. I'd say dim the lights, but I don't know if you could dim them much more than this. Has this challenged you today? Has this helped you think a little bit like, man, I, I, uncertainty is not bad. Unknown's not bad if you're with Jesus. So, so the outcome is, is this. Here's Joshua. He's commanding the people to walk around seven times. And, and, 
And sometimes it does feel like that. Sometimes it's like God is asking you to walk in circles, right? Like sometimes he's asking you just to do things over and over. And you're like, okay, God, I've tried this. I've done it. And it's not working. He's like, just keep going. Just keep going. It's like, well, I've been coming to this church for about four months now. And my life hasn't really changed. It's just keep going. Keep trusting, right? Keep, I've been praying for my family for a, for a minute now, God. And it looks the same. Just keep pressing in. It might feel like you're walking in circles, but I'm telling you, you're accomplishing much. So here's the outcome is Joshua's walking in circles. He's walking. Um, one of the first days, probably like, okay, they're probably looking at the rocks. Hopefully, start seeing some cracks in the walls or something. It's like, okay, looks the same. Well, I'm going to keep walking. Second day, third day, fourth day. Oh, my gosh. I can't even run two days straight. Like, I'm seven days, and fifth day, sixth day. It's like, imagine the sixth day, you're like, oh, gosh. It's like, okay. It looks the same. Nothing's happening. And it's like, okay, just one more day. Just one more day. So the last day they walked around it seven times on that one day. Let me encourage you a little bit. When you feel like giving up, try a little bit harder. Right when it feels like you're done, go a little bit longer. When it feels like your prayers aren't making sense, pray a little bit harder. Have a little bit more faith. Because it's, it's usually at that moment of breakthrough is right where we want to stop. That's right where we stop. I hate that's the one thing I don't like about coming to church is I see so many people give up right before. Oh, it kills me. It kills me. And I'm like, you were so close. And you just stopped coming. You were so close. And you stopped calling. You were so close. And you stopped praying. You were right there. And you stopped. Can we be people that say, Lord, I'm, I'm finishing this race. God, I'm, I'm going to do what you've asked me to do, even when I don't feel like it. Because what happens, if we, and I don't know if you know the story or not. Sometimes I wish we didn't know these stories because the endings are so amazing. But on the seventh day, they walk around seven times and, and they shouted, right? Imagine how crazy they looked. But they shouted. The trumpets were going. It was like, you know, it was, imagine hearing that. And then the walls fall down. Exactly what they believed would happen, happens. Can I tell you why it happened? Because God said it would. Because God said it would. So if God is telling you something and you feel like giving up, can I encourage you, just go a little bit longer. Just try a little bit more. Because if God says it will happen, We hope you enjoyed that message today. We pray that it was a blessing to your life. If you would like more information on our church, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at ReclaimTX, or you can check out our website, ReclaimChurchTX.com. Thank you.